Grace and peace this day from God our Father and Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The focus of today and the text is that clearly the devil tempted Jesus. I think some backfill here will help clear up this temptation story if we put it in its proper context. Because as we will soon discover through this sermon, temptation and sin are always defined in relation to the circumstance around which one is tempted and or sins. So, if you back up just before this temptation text, you will discover that immediately preceding this account, we have the baptism of Jesus. The Bible says that just as Jesus was baptized, just as he came up out of the water, the heavens were suddenly opened and the Spirit of God descended upon him like a dove, and it settled on him. And then there is a voice that is heard that says this, This is my Son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. And then the focus shifts to today. To today's text, it's peculiar that immediately after Jesus' baptism, Matthew places this story right on the hills that follow a heavenly sacred act of baptism. There must be relation. There must be. Matthew must have put this story here purposefully. In fact, there is. If you remember the words of a baptismal liturgy in which the sponsors of the baptized announced that they renounce what? The devil. It's the only time in our liturgy that we ever mention the word devil. All the forces that defy God and all the powers of this world that rebel against God and the ways of sin that draw us from God. Do you hear the connection between baptism and sin? So important is this renunciation to the life of Christians that it happens to be just prior to that sacrament, that holy moment. And so it is with Jesus. Baptism is about rejecting all that is evil and all that forces that tend to undermine God's presence in the world. But it's also where we part ways with Jesus here. Because I want you to notice that Jesus, while he faced temptation, and the offer of power and great might, he doesn't give in to it. There's our difference. My point being is that we are all faced, it doesn't matter who you are, we are all faced like Jesus in a world of sin and temptation. And all of us will face sin and temptation to a certain degree, and all of us handle this challenge differently. In fact, all of us have failed to a certain degree in our temptation and sin. Why is that, preacher? I'll tell you this, you and I aren't God, and that's a good thing. We have failed, St. Paul says it like this in the third chapter of Romans, we have all fallen short of the glory of God. We are not perfect people. So quit beating yourself up. Like Paul talks about in Romans 8, quit beating yourself up with the law. You are not meant to be perfect. Neither was this world, this society in which we are placed. You probably know this by now. It's not perfect either. Notice in the text this morning where the devil is at work. 
Where, where does this story take place? It takes place in the wilderness. Why is that? Jesus is out alone, vulnerable, unsecure. He's away from the safety and security of Joseph and Mary and all that is familiar. And that is when the devil attack comes. Jesus at his most vulnerable and susceptible. The Bible says that Jesus was hungry. He was without food 40 days and 40 nights. Have you ever gone four days without food? You probably were ravaged, hungry, starvation. He was starving, famished, physically weak. And the first attempt at Jesus was through that physical body. The, de the devil says something like this. Let me paraphrase this for you because you might hear your own self in this story. So you're the son of God, are you? Your father loves you? Sure he does. That's why he sent you into this desert alone with no food like some beggar or orphan. Let's just see if God's word and your faith can put food on this table. Let's see if your promise can feed the hungry bellies of the world. It's important for everyone to have food, and if you're really the Son of God, prove yourself. Make these stones into bread. Tempting Jesus. The talk of the devil is always self-defeating. It will always sound like you are beating yourself over the head. That does not come from God. The devil's talk pushes you to make poor choices. The devil's voice doesn't lead you, it pushes you to make rash decisions in the moment. Let me suggest to you that you know when the devil's speaking to you because the devil's voice will frighten you with the consequence of your sin. The Bible's making a point of illustrating great human power. That is, that personal power emerges when you can acknowledge your own constraints over sin without becoming a victim to them. That's where your power lies, over sin. You acknowledge that there is sin, there is evil, there is temptation. But you don't have to become a victim to it. Then there was a second test to the devil. A test in which the devil asked Jesus to throw his life's purpose out the window. Just to give it all in, cast it away into oblivion. It doesn't matter, just jump off the cliff. A third temptation. This time, the temptation was about power. The devil effectively tells Jesus, you need help. What you need is power, and I've got all the power that you need, Jesus. What you need to do is control the people. Let me start a few revolutions in your name. You know, stir the people up, get him so wound up that they don't even know who to trust or who to blame. That's the work of the devil. I will give you a kingdom, Jesus. I will give you all the power, all the glory, Jesus. Just bow down and worship me and it all will be yours. That's the devil. The devil is slick. And we don't need to give the devil a commercial, folks. You see, it all boils down to one simple question. Would Jesus trust in the Father's word alone or would he demand something more? Would Jesus be a person of faith or would he succumb to his unbelief? something that we all share. I think we're faced with that same question that Jesus faced. These are very real and personal questions. Jesus is illustrating his being fully human as what he faced, we all face. And that is temptation. But it's the divine nature of Jesus that leads him. And this question of faith shapes our life and our destinies. There is no more important question 
And that question, who will we serve? Who will we serve? It's as simple as that, because how you answer that question will determine both your life trajectory and your own personal values, which then leads to your attitudes and your behaviors. You know, as of writing this sermon, I thought I'd stop right there, and I looked down as I was writing this. And I kid you not, I told Heather, who was in the office, I thought I'd written enough. I looked down at the word count at the bottom of Word, and guess how many words I had typed just there? 666. I'm not kidding. And then I wrote this. We in the church are not immune to the devil's temptation either. The devil is at work with an urge to tear apart the mission of Christ's church. The church will always be tempted to define its mission by the world's standards, to make it seem more relevant, more life approachable, more important than we truly are in the eyes of the world. But know this, God's mission has a church. The church is not God's mission. It is simply a vessel and a herald of the good news of Jesus Christ. That's it. It's a beacon of hope. God's mission is to show forth the love of Jesus to a hurt, a crumbling, a broken world. And that's why we call this stuff good news. And the good news is that the devil failed to overtake Jesus. He was unable to convince Jesus to lose his faith and their trust in the Father. The devil tried, and the devil tries in your life and mine, but he is driven away by a display of divine power. And notice that the good news does not come as what we would expect. God's voice comes as a still calming and peace that doesn't rush you. That's not from God. Because God's voice will reassure you. It will not frighten you. God's voice enlightens you. It does not confuse you. God's voice encourages you. It does not discourage you. God's voice calms, calmly convicts you of your sin and temptation. But God's voice will not condemn you. God's love, God is love. And the voices that you are listening to, if they aren't speaking love, and if it doesn't sound like love, it's not from God. So listen closely for the sound of love. That's where God dwells. Amen.